If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 19, 26. Now, if this verse isn't marked in your Bible, get your pen out and put a little star by it. Uh, This is a good one. Uh, You want to have this one in your heart all the time because every one of us here today certainly needs it. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus said to his disciples, With men, many things are impossible, but with God, all things are impossible possible. As you move around here in town, do you run into some folks uh, that are very, very negative? Do you ever see any of them? Do you meet them at the grocery store? You see them somewhere and they're always, you know, everything is down. Uh, Everything is terrible. The world's going to end. You know, it's just kind of always that way. Some people, it seems, have a real lock on being able to gripe and gripe and gripe. Those kind of people are everywhere. They're in every state. They're in every county. They're in every city. They're at the grocery store. They're at the post office. They're on the golf course. They're at the barber shop. They're everywhere. They complain and they gripe and they fuss and they criticize everything. If they won the lottery, they would complain about having to drive so far to pick up the money. (laughs) If you gave them a day off, you know what they'd say? Well, that's not the day I wanted. I want a different day. If something good happens to them, they discount it. And they say, well, you know, when something good happens, you always have something terrible that comes right behind it. Since we have to live in the world with these folks, how can we make the best of the situation? How can we do that? Talking to some people is about as much fun as a root canal. (laughs) We can't shoot them, so what can we do? One thing we can do is to realize that Christ came so that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. We need to know that for our heart, our mind, our soul. We need to know that for ourselves. Jesus was not a negative person. He did not gripe and fuss, and he wasn't really a critic. He was an initiator. He was always trying to move something in a certain direction. He believed in those positive things which would build people up. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to build people up, get a good, strong uh, foundation with Jesus Christ, and then you continue to build on it every day, every week, every month of your life. Someone has said we live in a free country, and we have the right of free speech, and we can say anything that we want to say. Well, that's not what the scripture says. Did you know that? The scripture says we should only say that which edifies and builds other people up. In 2 Corinthians 13.10, Paul says he wants to build people up and not tear them down. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul says... 
He wants to build people up and not tear them down. Jesus also thought that with men, a lot of things are impossible, but with God, all things really are possible. Some men have said to me, you know, it's impossible for me to tithe. Things are tough. We're kind of struggling. We're not doing very well, and we just, we just can't do that. Jesus says that with God, all things are possible. Some people said to me in 2010, uh, we will never be able to have two services on Sunday morning. Uh, in uh, 2013, we started having uh, two services, and we've done that each year uh, during the wintertime, and it's grown every year. And, of course, we're very, very thankful about that. Jesus said that with God, all things are possible. Amen. We have two ministries in our church that uh, have wonderful leaders. Mary McCartney is our care group ministry leader. She's doing a great job. Val Ham is our discipleship uh, leader uh, in our discipleship ministry. Our care group ministry keeps track of every single person that's in a, one of our Bible study classes. And that's good. That's what we want. We want you to be in touch with those folks that come and worship with you. You know, a lot of people move to this area, and they don't know a soul here, not one person. And they get into one of our Bible study classes. We have, I think, eight of them. And they get to know some people that sit right around them. And then if they're out uh, for a week or two, somebody calls and says, Are you okay? We were worried about you. Is everything going all right? You know, it's great to know that somebody cares. That somebody wonders how you're doing. That somebody is there to pray for you and lift you up, no matter what the situation might be. We have, in all of our Bible study... Uh, groups, people that care and want to care about you. If you're not in one of those classes, I hope that you will join and become a part and that you will be blessed by the fellowship with others. In our discipleship ministry, it is for folks that are pretty new to the faith, people that didn't grow up in the church. Some of us can sing all the hymns without even looking. We know all the words. You know, there are some people that come here that have never been uh, to a church in their life. And somebody just brought them. Uh, Somebody said, the preacher there is funny. You ought to have come and hear him. (laughs) Some people say, you know, they've got some great uh, singers there. You ought to come and hear them sing. And we do the, you know, the uh, music night uh, on all the fifth Sundays. Uh, Tonight is one of those. I hope you can bring all your neighbors, all your friends, because it's going to be good. It always is good. Jim Feast does a terrific job in getting that together and lining it up, and it's great. And people come. You know, if we can help people to get off of step one, if we can help them and build them up to where they have a desire to continue to grow in their faith, grow closer to the Lord, they can learn 
the doctrines of the church. They can learn what the Bible has to say to them about all the issues in their life. Discipleship gives you an assurance of your salvation. Some people make a profession of faith, and two months later, they say to themselves, well, I wonder if I did the right thing. I wonder if I did it the right way. I wonder this, I wonder that. You need to be in a group that helps you to be assured of your salvation. You need to be in a group that builds you up in the word of God. You know, we all need to know the the books of the Bible in order. We all need to know some basic verses that relate to all the problems and the issues in our lives. We need to learn how to not only be disciples ourselves, but we need to learn how to disciple others, how to help other people grow in their faith and in their closeness with the Lord. When I get around folks that uh, are moving in the opposite direction, uh, you know, that are just wanting to be critical and negative, uh, you know, none of us enjoy that. That's not fun. Uh, We would not allow a person to drive a big garbage truck into our front yard and then open up the back and push out all the garbage that they have in our front yard. We wouldn't let them do that. Well, why do we feel like we must allow someone to do that to us mentally? You know, we, we don't have to do that. We can change the subject. We can change the, the tenor of the uh, conversation. We can move it in a positive, godly way. And that, of course, is very helpful. Some people want to make us as sour on life as they are. Don't let them do it. You certainly don't want to become like that. We want to remain positive no matter what. Remember, with God, all things are possible. God can use us to help other people that are down on life and down on themselves. And there are a lot of people like that. When I was in seminary many years ago, I worked part-time at a funeral home. And one of the guys that uh, worked there was always complaining about something. Always. Just everything came out of his mouth was a complaint. And it just went over and over and over and over. And I thought, good night. Well, he thought uh, the boss there at the funeral home uh, gave him too much to do. Uh, You know, he said, he gives me stuff stuff to do every day and it's just more and more and more and uh, I don't know what to do well I listened to that for about six months and I hadn't said a word and so then I thought well I'm tired of that one day I said to him you know our boss thinks a lot of you and I I had heard the boss say that when he wasn't present that the boss uh thought a lot of this fellow. I said, he thinks that you can do everything that he asks you to do and that you can do it well. And he has big plans for you in this company. You know, I never heard that guy complain again. (laughs) He worked a lot harder. He got with it. And he was a lot more fun to be around. 
You know, each one of us can really pick it up with somebody else. And we can help them to redirect their thoughts in a positive direction. Remember, we must focus on some goals that matter. That matter. That are not negative, that are not critical, that are helping people. God has given each of us something important. Some things to accomplish. We need to focus on those things. That should be the focus of our lives. What is it that that God really wants me to do and to be and to become? What is it? And remember that with God, all things are possible. We can do it. Don't let the cynic draw you off course. If you are drawn off course, it's unproductive. It's an unproductive use of your energies and your resources. You waste time that you could be spending time building up some positive, godly goal in your life, in your family's life, in your neighborhood, uh, in all the groups that you meet with. We must always remember that great people are ordinary people with an extra amount of determination. Determination. That's what we need. I listened to a tape by Robert Schuller uh, about 30 years ago. And I thought it was terrific. I really did. Uh, The title of the thing was, Tough Times Never Last, But Tough People Do. And I thought, boy, I like that. I like that. It was a great tape. Schuller said, What is the secret ingredient in tough people. Why do some people succeed while other people just continue to fail? Why do some people soar and other people sink? Is it all in how we look at problems? I think it is. I think it is. Everybody has problems. I have problems. You have problems. We all have problems. But we can look at them in different ways. The cynic, the critic, do not realize that all things are possible with God. Schuler gave six principles that related to all problems. I liked them. I got a lot out of it. I want to uh, mention them to you this morning. Number one, I've already mentioned. Number one, everybody has problems. The employer has problems. The employer thinks that the folks aren't working hard enough, long enough, smart enough. He has problems. The employees have problems. They think the bosses are keeping all the money for themselves. And they don't like that. And they think that the workplace is not very conducive to a good day. There isn't a peanut machine where they want it. There isn't a Coke machine where they want it. There aren't some chairs to sit down in uh, where they want them. And so they're not happy. Well, what's the answer to that? Is the answer just to retire? Now, some of you in here might say, well, yes, absolutely it is. Well, you know, sometimes uh, retired people have problems. You know, there seems to be, for some, a shrinking dollar. There seems to be, for some, 
uh, folks that have retired that you kind of lose the focus and you, you don't know really uh, what you're trying to accomplish. The point is we all have problems. We need to accept that fact. A problem-free life will never happen. That's a fantasy. If you think that's going to happen, it isn't. There are some problems that are going to come. Number two, most problems have a limited lifespan. Now, that's good news. I remember when I was a kid, I wasn't old enough to get my driver's license. Do you remember that? Oh, I hated that. I hated that. Some of my friends were old enough to have a license, and they would go pick up their dates, and they would have a date, and it was a lot of fun, and I was at home. And I didn't like that. And so I got a calendar down, and I started marking off the days until I was old enough to drive. Well, guess what? Came that day, marked it off. I went and got the driver's license that day. And I was so happy about it. Then I had another problem. I didn't have enough money to buy a car. <laughs> I got a second job. I started mowing some lawns. I started cutting down some trees. I have always liked to cut down trees. I don't know why, <laughs> but I have. I went out in the forest one time, and I cut down a huge tree. I don't know why I did that, but it just felt so good. <laughs> I have never forgotten it. Some people in here I know love trees and are thinking that guy is an idiot. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got to the point where I did have enough money. And I bought a car. It was a crummy car, but I bought a car. You know, then I had another problem. I didn't have a house to put the car in. Well, you know what? I decided, well, I live in an apartment. I, I, don't, uh, I don't need a house. Nobody parks their car in the first floor of the apartments. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need a house. And so I, I didn't have a house till much, much later uh, in my life. Well, do you think that what you're worried about today, you're going to be worried about 10 years from now? Do you think? Probably not. Probably not. Number three, every problem holds many positive possibilities. Rats and mice are just terrible. We hate them. We hate rats and mice. You know who loves them? The exterminators. They love rats and mice. You know, for them, that's a real good thing. There was a fellow that had to go through bankruptcy. He lost everything. Now, he could have shot himself. He could have uh, gotten drunk and just stayed drunk for a long time. But what he decided to do was he was going to find out how to work his way out of that. And he did. And he spent a lot of time doing it. And finally, he got out of bankruptcy. Well, he had been through this long process, and he had kind of written some things down. And some people realized that he was doing pretty well all of a sudden after bankruptcy. And they said, how'd you do that? And he said, well, and he talked to them about it. And it helped them. And some other people heard about that, and so they asked him, and he helped them. 
And then, the, you know, it kind of grew a crowd of people wanted to talk to him about how to get out of bankruptcy. So he decided to start a little business, and he did. And then it became a big business, and he did very, very well. Number four, every problem will change us. Some people get fired from their first job. And that's always sad. It's always kind of a a downer when somebody says, you're fired. Uh, Nobody wants to hear that, likes to hear that. But you know what? Sometimes after you're fired, you go out and you say, you know, this time I want to get into something that I like, something that I enjoy. I want to get into a field where I have some some gifts. I want to be able to work uh, in that area. And you find a job in that area, and guess what? You just go lickety-split up the ladder, and you do real, real well. If you hadn't been fired back there, you would still be at that company just wasting your time doing something that you didn't enjoy at all. Number five, you can choose what your problems will do to you. Now, your problems can make you a better person, or they can make you a bitter person. Those are your choices. There is a negative and a positive way to respond to every problem that comes. In the final analysis, tough people are the people that choose to react positively when problems come to their life. Tough people manage their problems. They don't just throw up their hands and uh, go sit in the living room and cry. Uh, If you're short, you cannot be tall. You know, you're short. Uh, You can manage that problem. Become a pro golfer instead of trying to become a pro basketball player. That isn't going to work. Uh, That is not going to work. Some problems can be magically solved, we think, but most of them can't be, but they can be managed. Don't dismiss the possible solutions that come to your mind. Sometimes when you are trying to work something out in your mind, uh, an idea just comes from nowhere uh, into your head, You know, that might be a way that God is trying to communicate with you. He's trying to help you. And he gives you a great idea. You know, a great idea is rare in our world. And folks that have had just one great idea in their life have become tremendously successful. Think about the people that thought up certain things that Amazon is doing You know, those kind of tech companies. Well, have faith in your ideas. Maybe God gave you that one. And then the last one, don't underestimate the problem. Sometimes the problem needs your direct attention for a good while. You don't want to underestimate your power to uh, work with it creatively. You know, you can probably do that if you give yourself to it. We do need to take our problems seriously. Problems grow 
if you don't deal with it. You know, some people just, just put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. That doesn't solve anything. The problem gets worse. If you have gained four pounds already this year, you say to yourself, well, that's not too bad. I don't have to buy all new clothes. You know, I, you know it's okay, and, and I sure enjoyed eating. It was fun eating. Well, you know, if you do that for 20 years, four pounds a year, it's going to be a major, major problem. You know, we have got to take action on the problems of life that we have. Don't just let it slide. Negative people will not help you with your problems. They'll just drag you down further and further. Negative people say, there is no way. Well, in actuality, there probably is a way. And you just need to look around until you find it. Negative people say the case is closed. Do you know a lot of cases have been reopened? Negative people say, you don't have the right degree. Positive people go out and take a few more classes. Negative people say, we have never done it that way. I've heard that a lot in my life. (laughs) So many times, that is such a ridiculous statement. You remember when everybody was on horse and buggies? And then Henry Ford, you know, he he built uh, a car. And he turned out thousands and thousands of them. And everybody, you know, quit using horse and buggy. It was better. It took you further. It was, it was just better in every way. Well, you know, people, when they realize they can do better, that's the path that they want to go. Do you remember, uh, I remember this when I was a kid. You'd uh, go to a funeral, and they had fans in the funeral home. You remember that? And they would give you a fan. And, you know, it was great to have a fan from the funeral home because you could also use it at home. It was really wonderful. Well, guess what? Nobody in here has a fan today. Why is that? Because we have air conditioning, for heaven's sakes. All of Florida is air conditioned. You know, we don't need fans anymore. With men, a lot of things are impossible. But with God, that's our text. With God, all things are possible. God guides us through faith, not through fear. We need to show our faith today. During the 1960 presidential election, during that campaign, John Kennedy got up and gave a moving speech. He told a story about a judge in Hartford, Connecticut who was presiding in court one morning in the early American days when there was an eclipse of the sun and it went dark outside. And the people in the courtroom were scared to death. They looked out the window, they couldn't see a thing. It was pitch dark. And some people started crying and some people started yelling. and Some people started getting up and bumping into things. The judge saw what all was happening. He took his gavel and he He whacked his desk a few times, and he said, Everybody sit down. Everybody sat down. 
And this is what the, uh, the judge said. If this is the end of the world, let us be found at our job, doing our duty. Bring in the candles. And that's what they did. My guess is that five years from now, what is bothering you today will not even be an issue in your life. What we need to do is live for Jesus Christ today. Today. And then tomorrow, we need to live for Jesus Christ. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Whatever happens, we need to realize that we need to show our faith because all things are possible with God. This morning, I don't know if there's anyone in the house that has never trusted and believed in Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know that uh, if there's anyone in the house that uh, has never been a member of any church anywhere. Maybe you're here today. You're just trying it out. Thought I'd go and try out church. I've tried out a lot of other things, and they didn't work. Thought I'd try out church. If you're here today, if you don't know which way you're going, if you don't know whether to take your life or not, I want to tell you that all things are possible with God. And the Lord wants to relate to your heart and your life and your future. Today, if you give your life to him, it'll change everything for the better. Today, if you're here, you're a mature Christian, you need a church home, we would love to have you come and, and join with us and be a part of the ministering team. We pray that you'd come and help us in that regard. I'm going to stand down here at the front. We're going to stand and sing a hymn. If the Lord leads you, just slip out, slip forward, take a stand for Christ today. Let's stand as we sing. Mm-hmm.